plastic or paper? Nope. The choice is between plastic or iron. That story and more on H2O Radio's Weekly News Report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. The UN Climate Change Conference, known as COP23, began last week in Bonn, Germany, with the United States being represented by an unofficial group set up under a giant inflatable dome. The U.S. representatives are unofficial because the Trump administration has threatened to pull out of the Paris Accord. The alternative delegation is represented by 20 U.S. states, 50 of the country's largest cities, and 60 of the biggest U.S. businesses. As The Guardian reports, all of them have joined together to pledge to combat global warming. The conference delegates are facing an extremely serious problem. Current projections are that greenhouse gas emissions will exceed the Paris Agreement targets, which scientists say will have catastrophic results. According to James Hansen, who spoke to Deutsche Welle, the problem is that there is no substantial reduction in the use of fossil fuels. Hansen is the former top climate scientist at NASA. He pointed out the irony that the Bonn Conference is situated 50 kilometers from the largest coal mine in Europe, and that Germany still has 70 coal-fired power plants. The Trump administration has scheduled a meeting at COP23 focusing in part on the future of coal, featuring a spokesman from Peabody Coal to be moderated by Vice President Mike Pence. The conference continues until November 17th. Aging water mains and sewer lines across the U.S. will have to be replaced soon, and some estimate the cost just for drinking water systems to be at least $300 billion and maybe as high as $1 trillion over the next 20 years, according to the American Water Works Association. The New York Times reports that there's a major fight going on below the surface of this issue over the types of pipes to use in replacing old infrastructure. The dispute revolves around whether to use iron, or plastic pipes when upgrading systems that deliver drinking water to homes and take sewage to treatment plants. Many municipal officials are facing this choice or will do so soon as some pipes in the U.S. are over 100 years old. The choice between iron and plastic is not free from politics. The conservative action group called ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council, is actively involved in getting city councils to consider plastics. It is funded by the Koch brothers who have made their billions in part from the petrochemical industry. Generally, plastic pipes are less expensive than iron or copper. While Flint, Michigan is using copper, neighboring Burton saved more than $2 million by using plastic. However, the Times explains that the jury is out on the safety of plastic pipes. Andrew Welton of Purdue University said that plastics are being installed without any real understanding of their effect on drinking water. There is no federal oversight of the materials and the process processes used in making plastic pipes. Instead, the industry monitors itself. Scientists are just beginning to understand what can leach into water from underground plastic pipes. In the interest of disclosure, American Water Works Association is an underwriter of H2O Radio. In rural America, whether to choose iron or plastic is secondary to the question of where to get the money for replacement and repair of water systems. Small communities of fewer than 10,000 people find it very difficult to fund infrastructure projects. For some years, the U.S. government has helped through its Rural Utilities Service, providing loans and grants of almost $14 billion in the last eight years, benefiting almost 20 million people. However, according to the Center for Investigative Reporting, 
reporting, the Trump administration now wants to eliminate that program entirely. The Obama administration's last yearly budget provided about $500 million, but Trump wants to cut it to zero. The justification for eliminating the program is that the small community should be able to get private financing from, say, banks. But thousands of small communities do not have enough cash flow or a large enough customer base to assure a private lender that a loan would be paid back, according to the Natural Resources Defense Council. Government loans under the Rural Utility Service have been extremely successful with very low delinquency rates. About 60% of the supply of the world's cocoa comes from West African nations, including Ivory Coast and Ghana. Recently, a report from an environmental organization, Mighty Earth, found that a large amount of cocoa that ends up in chocolate products made by Mars, Nestle, Hershey's, Godiva, and others has been grown illegally in protected areas. The Guardian reports that significant areas of rainforest have been cut down and converted to cocoa monoculture. Local officials were bribed or paid kickbacks to allow the crop in protected areas. Both Ivory Coast and Ghana have announced that they are taking steps to stop the deforestation, but their efforts need to be supported by money and sincere efforts, both from chocolate manufacturers and from food giant Cargill, which is the major cocoa broker. Deforestation has devastating effects on wildlife and indigenous peoples. It's also been shown to significantly reduce rainfall, according to a study published in the journal Nature. And finally this week, Serving water with school lunches could make kids less likely to become obese, a new study finds. According to a statement from the University of Illinois, when water dispensers were placed in New York City school cafeterias, students' consumption of water at lunchtime tripled and was associated with small but significant declines in their risks of being overweight one year later. The research was done by Dr. Ru Peng An, who projected that encouraging children to drink water at lunch could prevent more than half a million kids from becoming overweight or obese. Rates of childhood obesity have more than tripled since the 1970s, and today, one in five school children is obese. Dr. Ahn said that while there might potentially be some problems, if children consume less whole milk, those are probably minor in comparison with the costs associated with skyrocketing childhood obesity. That's it for this week in water. We'll see you next time. This Week in Water is supported by the American Water Works Association. Water quality experts will present the latest science and research in the field at WQTC in Portland, November 12th through 16th. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash WQTC.